1: is my job, my life, my whole persona.
0: On September 4th, 2006, Steve Irwin, the wildly popular Australian wildlife conservationist and television personality known around the world as the Crocodile Hunter, was sitting in his hotel room with his cameraman, Justin Lyons, and director John Stainton. Irwin and the crew were in the midst of filming his latest project, a show called Ocean's Deadliest, with the grandson of pioneering oceanographer Jacques Cousteau, But today was an off day with no planned filming activities, and for anyone who knew Irwin, he was not a guy who enjoyed downtime. Always brimming with enthusiasm and a sense of adventure, the 44-year-old wasn't about to waste the entire day watching television in his room, and quickly decided to grab the crew for an impromptu excursion to Bat Reef, a massive 90-square-kilometer portion of the Great Barrier Reef off the coast of Port Douglas in Queensland. While out on the water, the crew initially tried to track a tiger shark off the reef, but soon lost it, and Irwin shifted his attention to a massive seven-foot short-tail stingray. According to Stainton, Irwin ordinarily wouldn't be particularly interested in a school of typically harmless stingrays, but he was apparently looking to capture some footage for a new show called Bindi the Jungle Girl he was developing for his young daughter Bindi, who was just eight years old at the time. Stainton later remarked the stingray detour should have been an innocuous encounter for a children's program, it would turn out to be anything but innocuous. As Irwin got off the boat, he began swimming over to the usually docile and majestic stingray in chest-deep water. In the wild, stingrays are not known to be aggressive unless threatened or disturbed. As anyone familiar with the ocean creatures, the biggest risk associated with stingrays is inadvertently stepping on them while wading through shallow waters, as the animals often conceal themselves under the sand and can attack with their venomous barbed tails to protect themselves. Incidentally, this is why marine biologists recommend shuffling your feet through the sand instead of stomping around. Erwin had a lot of experience with much more dangerous creatures in the wild. He made his name based on a daring interaction with crocodiles, after all. So nobody expected anything would go wrong with a stingray. It's believed that Irwin hovering above the creature might have cast a shadow similar to that of a tiger shark, one of the known apex predators of stingrays and other creatures around the reef. Suddenly, the stingray became extremely aggressive and according to the cameraman Justin Lyons, unleashed hundreds of attacks in an instant. At first, Irwin thought the attacks had punctured his lung, but blood immediately started to gush from the open wound in his chest, indicating something more serious. Incredibly, Lyons continued to record the incident as it unfolded. Given the uncertain nature of wildlife photography and the importance of capturing the most dramatic moments, Irwin had a rule, never stop filming. His biographer Tommy Donovan once said, quote, if he needs help, he will ask for it. Even if he is eaten by a shark or croc, the main thing he wants is that it be filmed. If he died, he would be sad if no one got it on tape." And that's just what Lyons did, capturing the entire tragic incident on camera. As he was rushed to the boat, it quickly became evident that Irwin had suffered more than a punctured lung. As the small boat was speeding back to a hospital on nearby Low Island to get Irwin treatment, panic began to set in as crew members were screaming about putting pressure on the chest wound while others were trying to keep Irwin conscious, saying things like, Think of your kids, Steve. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Lyons said at some point during the trip to the hospital, Steve just looked up and calmly said, I'm dying. They would be his last words. Steve Irwin was pronounced dead on arrival at the hospital. I'm Derek Kaufman. I'm Jason Beckerman. And this is Last Days, Steve Irwin.
1: Although the official coroner's report is unavailable at the request of the family, the South Pacific Underwater Medical Society compiled evidence from witnesses and other reports that elucidate precisely what happened on the reef. During the attack, the barb from the large stingray penetrated Irwin's thoracic wall and pierced his heart. Irwin pulled the barb out of his chest and immediately collapsed in the water. Given the nature of the injury, resuscitation efforts were essentially futile. The cameraman, Lyons, filmed the entire incident and apparently captured everything, but the footage has never seen the light of day. It was handed over to authorities investigating his death, and reports say that all copies, except for one, were destroyed after the investigation was completed in 2007. Director John Stanton has said he's actually seen the footage, telling Larry King in an interview, I actually saw it, but I don't want to see it again. I would never want that tape shown. I mean, it should be destroyed. Nevertheless, public interest in the footage generated countless searches on YouTube, with one video generating 100 million views. Irwin's widow, Terry, has always maintained that the video on YouTube was a complete fabrication exploiting people's sadness. She has also said, however, that she never watched the real footage, saying, Why would I? I know my husband died, and I was relieved that the children
0: weren't on the boat as they usually would have been. It would have been horrendous if they had witnessed it. Although there remains a bit of mystery about the video of the fatal incident, news of Irwin's death quickly spread and drew reactions from friends, family, celebrities, and even a few high ranking public officials. Australian Prime Minister John Howard said he was shocked and distressed to hear the news, saying, quote, Australia has lost a wonderful and colourful son. The Australian Federal Parliament even opened on September 5, 2006, the day after, with messages of condolence from both the Prime Minister and the leader of the opposition party, Kim Beazley and flags at Sydney Harbour were lowered to half-mast in honour of the late star. Thousands of fans visited Australia's zoo in the days following the death, paying their respects with flowers, candles, stuffed animals, and messages of support. Irwin himself was buried in a private ceremony at Australia zoo on September 9th, although his gravesite is inaccessible to the zoo's visitors. His family was offered an official state funeral, but declined, with Irwin's father saying his son would have preferred to be remembered as an ordinary bloke. A public memorial service emceed by Russell Crowe, the actor, was also held at the zoo, and the live broadcast was estimated to have been seen by over 300 million viewers around the world. The memorial was attended by Irwin's family, the prime minister, and a host of celebrities, including Hugh Jackman, Cameron Diaz, Justin Timberlake, Kevin Costner, Larry King, and of course, Russell Crowe. Australian music star John Williamson even sang Irwin's favorite song, True Blue, as a tribute to the late star. Just another dying race. Hey, true blue. True blue. Let's go ahead and take a break, and we'll be right back. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this
1: podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back, and you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Adidas, Macy's, or Levi's. And you can even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares that money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's Rakuten. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Derek, let's go back for a second to, to yeah. this videotape that has remained concealed, the request of the family. And, and obviously, a lot of sympathy to the family. And the mom, made the Terry, made the point about the kids not being there and not having to see it. It's interesting, Steve Irwin, and I think you've captured this, right, lived for the cameras. Yes. And he said, let's roll them at all times. And he wanted them documented. If if you take him at his word and the word of the people that said that he said, when I die, I want this to be captured. He
0: knew what he did was very dangerous. He He, was the crocodile hunter. All the shows were called Ocean's Deadliest and things like that. So he knew there was an inherent danger.
1: He knew it was an inherent danger. And he also built a vast following and a fortune, obviously, Uh, built upon showing himself in these dangerous situations. Without question. I I know it's it's odd given the business that we're in and we do expose videos all the time and can be difficult moments for people, but isn't there a point to be made, and I don't want to take it too far because I'm not sure I totally believe it, but isn't there a point to be made that you give yourself over to the public realm when you're in this re- in this line and you specifically solicit attention from the public constantly? Oh
0: absolutely. This was his brand is is, is, is what you're saying. And, yeah. and it also seems like he was very clear about what he wanted. It's one thing to give yourself over and then should they show the Have video others make decisions against yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yes. Yeah. If he had said but 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 under no circumstances should you ever release a snuff film of my death. Yeah. Um but he didn't say that. He actually said the opposite and people who knew him said he wanted it rolling. He knew about the dangers yeah. inherent in what he was all the activities he was engaged in. And he said, keep rolling. And that's what that cameraman did in the water. And so the film does exist. Now, should it be um, sort of presented to the public? I think what Terry has always said is this would be hugely traumatic. And I get that. And I get that. And I don't her
1: that at all. She has no obligation. Apparently it's in her possession. Who knows? But she has no obligation to do anything. She can leave it. But we always sort of rely upon in order to justify certain things we do after someone's died. Someone has died. But this is what they would have wanted. Yes. Right. In this case, it's not what he would have wanted, but nevertheless, it's fully her right. I don't again don't begrudge her that at all. But it is interesting. I just think that
0: what he would have wanted was for the world to see this this tape. I, I think part of him certainly would have wanted yeah. the world to see his last moment in the in in wildlife. Um, but he might have also thought about the effect of his children. That's on, true. on his they, children. It, it, so it's not clear that he would have necessarily wanted it if he knew it upset. Billy. Fair
1: enough. Fair enough. He talked a lot about all the stars that showed up at his funeral. The public grieving and outpouring of emotion gives you a sense of how much Irwin meant to Australia and how beloved he was around the world, there was even some speculation that some of his most ardent fans took out their anger on stingrays. At least 10 stingrays were found dead and mutilated on the beaches of Queensland. What a misguided rage that is.
0: Now this I know <laughs> Steve Irwin wouldn't <laughs> want no, to happen. Right. You, you were just talking about what he wanted with this right. video. He definitely wouldn't want any harm the, to wildlife. The He's mutilation was he
1: awful. He the The tails were cut off. Some speculated it was an act of revenge on Irwin's behalf. Weird. Officials in Queensland, however, said anglers regularly cut off the tails of stingrays accidentally caught in fishing nets to avoid being stung. Nevertheless, given the conspicuous timing, Michael Hornby, one of Irwin's friends and executive director of his Wildlife Warrior Fund, condemned any revenge killing, saying, quote, that's the last thing Steve would want, as, to your point. Even Bindi Irwin told Larry King she and her brother harbor no ill will towards stingrays whatsoever.
0: But you have no bitterness towards stingrays? You know, I, I don't. Honestly, I really don't, because it was just a, uh Crazy accident that happened, yeah, Yeah, and and stingrays are really beautiful animals. Dad loved them, Mm. we loved them, and they're important to our environment. And I know that Dad would be the first person to say,
1: I I love stingrays.
0: So, Jason, you know, what exactly made Steve Irwin an icon? When I was researching uh, his death, it it was staggering to learn that 300 million people around the world watched that ceremony of his his funeral. He was a massive global star. And I think the answer lies in that it's sort of genuinely inspiring to witness someone fulfilling what is their true purpose in life and doing it with just unbridled joy and enthusiasm. That's who Steve Irwin was. He was born to be a zookeeper and conservationist, and his ability to fold in entertainment was merely a byproduct of that genuine love of animals, nothing rang hollow with right, Steve so Irwin. We
1: have other examples of wildlife folks who have made a name for themselves. We have Jack Hanna and, and many others, but Jack Hanna was a, a very sort of like a, not a, not a huge personality. He went out, and factually late night shows, actually presented yes. the animals. Right, we had the the you know chimpanzees climbing over him when he's on the Tonight Show and whatnot. Steve Irwin brought to wildlife television on wildlife a certain enthusiasm and affability a love for what he was doing, a passion that was infectious on us all. He was one of the most popular people Of the 1990s, I think. Uh, Without question. And
0: there was, as you say, a real excitement in watching his shows. You know, I didn't watch many nature shows, and I thought of them as these David Attenborough documentaries with a soft voiceover, very sober. So we now see it in Morgan Freeman doing different wildlife stuff.
1: Same sort of idea, right? But not him. different. He
0: burst onto the scene. He was was actually born in a suburb of Melbourne in 1962. Um, His father, Robert Irwin, was a wildlife expert with a focus on the study of reptiles, and his mother was a wild animal rehabilitator who would nurse animals back to health for reintroduction into the wild? Little Steve was given a 12 foot scrub python when he was just six years old, and he began handling crocodiles at the age of nine. So, this was really a family business. Yeah. It was in his blood. In 1996, Steve and his wife Terry Irwin's life turned upside down when his series, The Crocodile Hunter, debuted on Australian TV and quickly spread to North America, and you remember this. I mean, it, it was a smash success, and it was a, a phenomenon almost from the start with his sort of thick Australian accent, he had those khaki shorts, and his catchphrase, crikey, became an international phenomenon. The show would eventually spread to 130 countries and reach 500 million people, and there were countless spin-offs such as Croc Files, The Crocodile Hunter Diaries, New Breed Vets and even a project for his young daughter we mentioned at the top that was being developed around the time of his death called Bindi the Jungle Girl. But
1: saying Irwin hosted some shows on Animal Planet doesn't begin to explain the pop culture phenomenon that he became in the late 90s and early 2000s that rivaled the Crocodile Dundee craze in the 80s with Paul Hogan. Irwin was a mainstay on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno and even popped up in a FedEx commercial in 2000. Now this is the fierce snake, the most venomous snake in the world. One bite from him, and it's all over. No worries, mate. Luckily, we've had the anti-venom sent from America via FedEx in my line of work. If you're not absolutely sure, you're absolutely dead. Oh, crikey. It appears we've used a different courier who hasn't arrived yet. It's okay because... And in 2001, Irwin scored a cameo in Eddie Murphy's Dr. Dolittle 2. I'm here with the world-famous Dr. Doolittle, who actually speaks with animals. Now, what we're going to do is sneak up on
0: and rescue
1: this unsuspecting alligator. But we'll have to be quiet so he doesn't know we're here.
0: We we joke about movies like Dr. Doolittle, too, and you can see these old commercials, but I wanted to give an, an indication that... He was massive. And Eddie Murphy used him in the movie Dr. Dolittle as a as an indication of sort of being plugged into the moment. Eddie Murphy was sort of on the back end of his sort of relevance. And I remember seeing it, and it was more that Steve Irwin was the very relevant person, and Eddie Murphy was sort of dragging him along with his yeah. celebrity. And I thought it was I thought it was an interesting moment in pop culture history.
1: Yeah, Irwin even tried branching out into feature films, starring as himself in 2002's The Crocodile Hunter collision course about a conservationist mistaking some CIA agents for poachers. In all honesty, it's a terrible movie, as Irwin wasn't much of an actor, and his enthusiasm really is best suited for the nature documentary format. Still,
0: it ended up grossing $33 million in just a $12 million budget. Yeah, look, I, I've seen clips of this. I confess I haven't seen the entirety, yeah. but he's not an actor. And I think that feeds into my earlier point that this is just who he was. In his core was this enthusiastic nature conservationist guy, um, but it didn't work in a, like, a CIA sort of taut thriller.
1: Yeah, but he sort of was able to leverage all of this, his celebrity status into promoting the causes he cared about most, which is a great thing for him to do. He said he considered himself a, a wildlife warrior, My mission, he said, is to save the world's endangered species. With the fortune he amassed from all the television shows, Irwin bought large tracts of land in Australia, Vanuatu, Fiji, and the United States, and treated them with the same respect for their natural splendor as many national parks. One of Irwin's heroes, Sir David Attenborough, paid homage to the late conservationist when he accepted a Lifetime Achievement Award at the British National Television Awards in October 2006. Praising Erwin for introducing many to the natural world by showing them, quote, how wonderful and exciting it was. I think we'd be remiss if we, we didn't sort of focus on how big he was for a moment in time. It was short, right? Yes. But for that moment in time, he had 100% name recognition. He was used as a punchline sometimes because crikey and he was so over the top with the thick Australian accent. Yes. But at the same time, his fame shouldn't be understated. This was not—he was certainly a time, a man of the moment, right? His oh, fame is not. He's, his kids are somewhat famous themselves, but he, it's not a lasting legacy. It's going to go on for fifty years. But in the moment, he was as famous as it got. And I think Paul Hogan—I hate to compare the two because one is fictional, but both Australian, both had that same moment, right, where they absolutely. were like
0: the biggest stars in the world, or right up there with the biggest stars in the world for a short period of time. I think that's right. I, I remember the attention was so uh vast on him that that for a period of time you looked at his every move and remember when his kids were very young he brought his young son out into the crocodile pit and it launched this entire conversation about whether it was safe to bring young children around crocodiles because that was his profession and he had to come out and say they're actually very well trained well grow up in the zoo there was a lot of pushback about american gun owners yes and
1: saying you guys take your kids to the gun range you think nothing of it this is my gun range, basically. Yes, there are inherent dangers without no, no doubt. Yes. But I know what I'm doing, it is a safe environment for my kids. Now, the fact he ends up getting killed in one of these things sort of brings, but but it
0: complicates accidents it. happen. Yes. And,
1: but he said, look, I'm as comfortable here as Americans might be on the gun range and there's no greater danger for them.
0: Here. And the kids have have carried on this legacy and absolutely love yes. being around animals. Yes. So if, if, they, if they were born into it and sort of shown that, they now are adults, uh, at least Bindi is, and and wants to be in that world as well. But, you know, that, that incident with his son reminded me of the Michael Jackson incident when yeah. Michael Jackson dangled his, his kid over the balcony and was a huge... Vastly more dangerous. Dangerous. Vastly more dangerous. But it was also like Michael Jackson got that kind of attention handling his kids. That gives you a sense of how big Steve Irwin was, that anything he did bringing his kids around, it was big news. And, you know, he left this lasting impact on the natural world. He discovered a new species of turtle during a fishing trip with his father in 1997. The turtle is officially named Irwin's turtle or Elsea Irwini after his family name. And just a few years after his death in 2009, a new species of air-breathing land snail was discovered in Australia, which was named Crikey Steve Irwiny in honor of him. So, you know, this is a guy who loved the natural world, and he's now part of the lineage of actual species out there. I thought that was a pretty cool thing. And every November 15th in Australia is now celebrated as Steve Irwin Day. It includes events to raise money for his conservation work through his Wildlife Warriors Foundation And features everyone at Australia Zoo, which is now owned by his widow, Terry, wearing khaki uniforms in her late husband's honor. And although his son, Robert, and widow Terry have done an amazing job of keeping the memory of Steve Irwin alive as we approach 20 years since his death, I wanted to give the final word to his daughter, Bindi Irwin, who has truly carried his legacy to a whole new generation with her work as a conservationist, zookeeper, and actress. Since his death, she's hosted countless shows, including Bindi the Jungle Girl and Crikey, It's the Irwins, with her mother and younger brother, and even one season 21 of Dancing with the Stars. The 25-year-old is now married and has a child of her own who's named Grace Warrior. On what would have been Steve Irwin's 60th birthday, Bindi posted a picture of her and her father holding a snake and captioned the picture... Happy birthday to the greatest dad and wildlife warrior. Today, I'll watch The Crocodile Hunter with Grace Warrior and share stories about her incredible grandpa crocodile. I love you with all my heart. Your legacy lives on.